Well, that was certainly a game. The Ravens walk it off on a magical punt return touchdown from Tylen Wallace defeating the Los Angeles Rams 37-31. to We break down just how crazy the game was and how good it is for the team moving forward. All that and a lot more coming up next here on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker, Ravens Wire, rocking out with you here on this Sunday evening on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, as always, for being here today or tonight, making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all podcasts and platforms, whether you're listening to our live show here live on YouTube or after the fact in audio form wherever you get your shows. Today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use all lowercase that code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We are a five-day-a-week Ravens podcast here on Locked on Ravens, So, and more with these post-game Sunday reaction episodes. And this one's going to be an absolute doozy. Be sure to subscribe in video form, also in audio form. It's free and available both ways and we're building great communities in video form audio form even social media it's been awesome and there was this is a crazy I, I don't have a lot of words but it's my job to provide words on the Ravens so I'm gonna give you what I can because I am still in shock as I'm sure a lot of the people we have tuning in today are Regan Long here saying love one Baltimore wins a wild one Roquan and Van Noor laying down the boom today. Eli Hoff saying hello, Tylen. Goodbye, Duve. We'll talk about that crazy Tylen Wallace punt return that won them the game. It was unbelievable, the redemption from Tylen Wallace. So there's a lot to talk about, and I think it's so good for them from a vibes perspective, from uh, not even motivation, but almost from a momentum perspective, right? They get that momentum as well. So I'm exasperated. I was actually supposed to go live at 5.15, but my internet – ended up not cooperating really right after the Tylen Wallace touchdown, my internet really just shut off. I don't think my internet could handle it either, but we got it back up and running and we're here now talking Ravens football. I mean, I I don't know where to start. I seriously don't. We're going to try though. Let's just look at, uh, let's start with the end of the game. I mean, in overtime, the Ravens get the ball to start and it was a really ugly possession three and out did not really understand the deep ball on second down. I think it was Odell. I think Odell caught that ball or should have, you know, had a shot at it, but he didn't Lamar overthrew him. And that takes you from a second and 10 to our second. And I can't remember the exact yardage, but it was second and long to third and long. And then he misses Isaiah likely who I think was open. It was two not great throws from Lamar, but the Rams, as much as the Ravens in this game did stuff to lose it, the Rams honestly did more. There were multiple, I mean, starting it off, they ran the ball down the Ravens throat on that first drive of the game, right? Literally nine run plays. And then in the red zone, they throw three straight passes and have to settle for a field goal. There were multiple personnel issues and snap issues and penalties. And look, the Ravens did not play a clean game either. I think it was a very poorly coached game on both sides and a very sloppy game on both sides. But these are the types of wins. You get that momentum from the Wallace touchdown to end the game. And I think it does a lot for you moving forward 
But that Wallace play, I mean, he he wanted it. He wanted that touchdown. And we will have the conversation about Devin DuVernay. He has not looked great as a returner this year. Tyler Wallace comes in and, again, gives him energy and wins him the game. But I think all is forgiven with Tyler Wallace now, right, because he had that very costly penalty. And it wasn't just Tyler Wallace. There were multiple Ravens players offsides, but he was obviously the one who was called for it on that punt where the Rams extend their drive because of it. And then – Lo and behold, the Rams scored a touchdown instead of having the Ravens get the ball back probably right around, what was it, their own 35-yard line. So that's that's crazy. But Wallace redeems himself there. And I see a point here in the chat by Stephon Clay, which I, I do want to get into before we get into Lamar. And we'll talk about Lamar throughout the entire course of the week because even though his stats, again, from a completion percentage perspective, won't say, oh, he had a great game, I thought Lamar did play really, really well in this game but Stefan says shout out to the offensive line gave up one sack and that was a blown call by the refs true Lamar had all day to throw Lamar in this game plus the, the combination I'll say of Lamar and the offensive line the Rams weren't getting very much pressure whatsoever and when they were you know Lamar was escaping doing his Lamar Jackson thing which I just thought was so incredible because they were holding up for the most part and you know they were doing the rotation thing right with both Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses rotating those guys in and out. And, you know, at this point, is it ideal for Ronnie Stanley to be a rotation level player? Probably not. But I think the rest and, and not having that continuous snap count did a lot of good things from him or for him. You see Patrick McCary in there. You saw Daniel Filele getting some snaps as well from Morgan Moses. I mean, I don't know if that's an every week thing they can do, but it seemed to work out well because the offensive line held up. And one thing I did notice from the Rams, they were actually getting some decent pressure on Lamar when they blitzed, but they weren't really doing it. Again, I thought it was really poorly coached on both sides. I thought the Rams could have taken more advantage of blitzing against Lamar. I thought Lamar was actually better against the blitz today than he had been over the course of the season. But Lamar has struggled a little bit in certain spots this year against the blitz. And I just thought the Rams didn't take advantage of it. And because the Rams didn't take advantage of it, Lamar took advantage of that. And he was poised in the pocket. We saw him roll out. And part of the things that I think a lot of people wanted to see him do over the course of the season is run out of some of those plays and just get nine yards on a run, get 11 yards on a run. And I think we saw him do that a lot more as well today, which I just thought was key for them because instead of a two-yard loss on a play, Lamar would take it for nine yards or he would take it for 11 yards. And that was really impressive overall on the day for Lamar. If we want to get into the stats here, 24-43 for 316, three touchdowns, one interception, also added those 11 carries for 70 yards. His deep ball was not great in this game. Again, something he's going to have to figure out and it's something we can criticize him because, again, I'll, cri I'll criticize Lamar for the stuff he didn't do well, but I'll also praise him for the stuff that he did. But I thought that that drive to end, well, what should have ended the game if the defense would have held up, but that go-ahead touchdown drive, it was magical from him because, again, that's what you want to see from Lamar in those situations. It was 13 plays, 75 yards in three minutes and 25 seconds. And it actually started off with a second and 10 at the Baltimore 25. He had that incomplete pass to Justice Hill. But he was methodical in that drive. He, he missed some throws today. We're not going to say he didn't. But that you, you want to have your quarterback step up in big moments. And Lamar Jackson absolutely did step up in those big moments as well. So Stefan makes a great point about the offensive line there. We had Eugene Russell checking in here. Kobe saying khaki Kevin, a Ravens dub. I love that as well. And we can talk about the defense for a little bit here. We'll, we'll continue kind of going back and forth. Again, there are just 
so many conversation points in this game. I really don't know. I have 10 trains of thought going right now. But Eli Hoff saying Marlo got to get his stuff together. Can't be looking like a second-year corner out there. Marlon had a tough game. It was not a great Marlon game. Gave up multiple big completions. Had the pass interference penalty on him, which, to be fair to Marlon, I thought was a flop by Puka Nakua. You can see Puka kind of hook the arm of Marlon there. And that's, you know, that's textbook where it's offensive pass interference because Marlon, he made sure to have his hands out. He, he said, you know, it's kind of like the hands up, like I'm not doing anything. I'm not touching him. But Puka hooked that arm into him. And then the ball itself was like three, four, five yards out of bounds. It wasn't even catchable in my opinion. And the it didn't really do anything. The Rams had to punt the ball away anyway. But he had the interception that he dropped in the end zone. I do think it was a good play by Demarcus Robinson getting his hand in there and kind of working the ball out. Is it a ball Marlon should have caught? I would I would hope so. But it was a rough game overall for Marlon. But I thought that the defense, despite having a really bad first half, I mean, it, it was tough. They allowed just, I mean, the numbers – 20 points in the first half for the Rams after I think the highest total in the first half of the Ravens defense was 10 and the second half it was 11 and I mean technically nine if you want to count the safety for the Ravens offense which they gave up which I mean I would so nine second half points and overtime points for the Ravens there so they were down 20 to 17 at the half they pull out a 14 to 11 second half weird stat there, it's a weird score Gami maybe in the second half, but then the Tylen Wallace touchdown puts him over the edge, and it's such a good game for vibes, honestly. Like it was a great game for the vibes of the team and the momentum because there was there's a conversation about this Ravens team, right? The rest versus the rust. The Ravens get too much rest. Are they a team that does well with rest, or are they a team that needs to have that momentum continuously surging so they don't have a letdown? I think this game was a letdown in multiple different ways, but Good teams find ways to win ugly games. Good teams find ways to win close games and games they shouldn't win. This was a game you could argue the Ravens played poorly enough to lose. And you could argue the same thing for the Rams, and they did. But the Ravens are a good team. And again, good teams find ways to win games like these, and they absolutely did in this one. But we have a lot to get to still on the show. Coming up in the second part of it, we'll get into big takeaways, continue getting into just a, a crazy wild game because – it was one of the crazier endings in Ravens history. Might not be up there at the top, but certainly it was one of them. So be sure to stay tuned here. We have plenty to talk about on this episode of Locked on Ravens. First, though, this episode is brought to you by DoorDash. And I'm a big food guy. Personally, I love food. And when I'm watching games, sometimes I want to go get a snack when it's halftime or there's a timeout. But there wasn't any food for me in a lot of different circumstances for me over the course of my life. There just wasn't anything for me to eat. So I know that that's time for me to order with DoorDash. And sometimes you can do a couple of different things with DoorDash. In fact, you can do it all the time. If you like the game day package, so you like the pizza, the wings, the sodas, the burgers, even just the buns, you can get it all delivered on DoorDash without missing the game. Or if you're a big snacks person, I personally am a big snack guy. You can order some chips, dips, nachos, or everything you need to make your own nachos on DoorDash. Get it all delivered without missing the game. And there are a bunch of spots in the Baltimore area if that's where you're located. Sushi Hana is great for sushi. Underground Pizza is awesome for pizza. You can get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Play now the DoorDash app and code LOCK23, subject to change terms apply you can get prepared before game take to stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on doordash and get ready to watch your team win 50 percent off up to 10 other value when you spend 15 dollars more on your first order when you download the doordash app enter code lock 23 separate exchange terms apply one more time don't forget to use code lock 23 50 percent off off the 10 dollar value on your first order when you download the doordash app and spend 15 dollars and more subject to change terms apply 
We're back here celebrating the Ravens' incredible, magical 37-31 win over the Los Angeles Rams in Week 14. Moves the Ravens to 10-3. I'm Kevin Allstriker, still rocking out with you here. On this live edition of the show, you can catch these live editions after every single Ravens game, right after the fact, sometimes 15, 30, 45 minutes, an hour after the game. I do like to see what the coaches and players have to say before going live, but sometimes it's got to gotta hit that go live button. It's been fun. We've built an awesome community in, in the chat here, we have a lot of a lot of people putting their input in. I'll read a couple of them off here. Uh, Connor saying, how was the energy at the stadium? It, it was electric out there. I mean, it was. M&T Bank Stadium has been an electric atmosphere for years. But, you know, this, this fan base lives and dies with this team. It's a passionate fan base. And you could sense just how incredible, just the, the stress that game was, right? It was a stressful game. And the Ravens are not an easy team to watch. They're a stressful team to watch. The horde is never still when watching the Ravens is what I like to say. But the energy has just been awesome. And we have Chris saying, greetings from Germany. And I see the Ravens win. It's time to get that first spot in the AFC. I appreciate you tuning in, Chris. And yeah, the Ravens right now, when they move into the top spot in the AFC, Miami can retake that top spot if they beat the Tennessee Titans on Monday night. But the Jaguars, they lose. The Chiefs, at the time of this recording, they're they're playing the Bills right now. It's 14 to nothing at the time I'm recording this, Bills. So that would be key. But Baltimore right now is in position to win the North. They're, st- they're still two games up on the Browns. Now, Joe Flacco looked really good today. The Browns got that win. But we will see what ends up happening with that as well. Stefan saying Todd Munkin got to get his game calling together. He gave up on the run. That took away the threat of the play action. And something else I'd like to see, for me at least, I think Keaton Mitchell deserves more touches. Again, every time he's out there, he seems to be a big play waiting to happen. I'm not trying to take away from Gus Edwards. I'm not even trying to take away from Justice Hill. I'm not trying to take away from the other Ravens running backs. But Keaton Mitchell is someone who entering this game was averaging over nine yards per carry. I think 10 yards per touch. You look at this game, he had a couple of really big plays early. Now, it wasn't, you know, didn't have a big play every single time. Had nine carries for 54 yards, and he had a 27-yard run. So, gained half of his yards on one carry. But still, it's the threat of him and Lamar in the backfield. I, I would be up as a defensive coordinator at night if I had to game plan for Lamar and Keaton Mitchell. And you might be saying, well, Lamar, Lamar and Keaton Mitchell, Keaton Mitchell's not a, not a Saquon. He's not a Derrick Henry. I think Keaton Mitchell's skill set actually makes the Ravens offense more dangerous. I'm not saying it wouldn't be fun to watch Derrick Henry or Saquon in this offense. I'm not saying that at all. But to have the skill set of Keaton Mitchell out there with Lamar is just unreal. So I think Keaton Mitchell does deserve more touches. Todd Munkin has been inconsistent this season. That did not change in this game. But I thought, look, Lamar bails out people. He, he bails out guys, not just Todd Munkin, bailed out Greg Roman plenty when he was here. He's bailed out John Harbaugh plenty. Saved John Harbaugh's job back in 2018. Lamar's just magical, and we see one or two of those crazy runs per game. So he, he's somebody that if you're an offensive coordinator, you, you probably stick on a little longer than maybe you should, and not saying Todd Munkin deserves to be out of here or anything. I think that, again, we're seeing positives from Todd Munkin. It's just the consistency is something I've been saying every single week. Kobe saying the season we're one and three when we allow 100 yards rushing, only one being the Rams. It was good to have moving forward. He has the 49ers and Dolphins who run often. I'd expect the Ravens win next week against Jacksonville, not calling it or anything, not predicting it. But again, Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence in there is big for him. But Christian Kirk being out is big. That stretch against San Francisco and Miami is what I'm looking at. It's going to be big to win both the Jacksonville and the Miami game. The San Francisco game is not a conference game, so you can swallow having that as a loss. It'd be great to win, but you can you can at least just say, you know what, it's not a conference win or not a conference loss. But 
that 49ers Dolphins stretch is going to be big. I, I'm not inspired by Pittsburgh right now. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be really crazy. These last four weeks of the season, they, they got a good one. This game had, you know, I don't want to call it a trap game because I do think the Rams are better than their record. And I think they're really solid, but not a lot of people had the Rams in that game. I thought it was going to be close all the way, and it certainly proved to be. Raven 76 be more saying, what up, KO? My nerves are rattled after this game. I can't take it anymore. I, I, I'm with you on that one. I still am kind of recovering here, but of course, I gotta. it's my job to come out here and talk about this team after the game. So you just got to kind of calm down, take the deep breaths. The team, this team is not easy to watch, but look, as long as they win the game, doesn't matter by how many. A win is a win, you go 1-0, and, and that's what it is. Regan saying, I don't think Marlon's fully healthy. He didn't seem to have his legs under him. It was his first game back. And again, at this point of the year, no one's 100%. But maybe it was just Russ for it being his first game back after missing the Chargers game and having the bye. Hopefully he gets better. He's been a little inconsistent this year. He had a really great like early to middle part of the season. I'm not going to say he's been bad this year because I don't think he has been. But this game was not probably it was probably his worst game of the season or one of them, to be honest, as well. Left field, Jay saying, I love seeing the we can win one. Well, I mean, the first half, the second half splits are just out of this world. First half, the Ravens are going to run all over. And Matthew Stafford had some of those moon balls to Cooper Cup as well. It's something to me where. I think whatever halftime speech John Harbaugh gave, Mike McDonough, whatever, got through that defense. And I think the, the Rams just wanted it more early. We saw them. And this Ravens run defense does have some things to figure out. We almost saw Kyron Williams break up the seam for a touchdown right at the beginning of that drive where the Rams ended up getting another touchdown anyway. But for me, Baltimore has some soul searching to do, one, with the run game, two, with the deep passing game. And Regan saying, what are my thoughts on the deep passing game? They wanted to establish some stuff deep in this game. And there, there were some good throws from Lamar in the deep passing game, but not really a ton, right? I mean, the Odell throw on the touchdown wasn't really a good throw. He definitely underthrew him, and there was literally no one within, what, 10, 15 yards of Odell. I'm not calling that one a good throw. I don't know if I want to call the Zay touchdown a deep throw. I mean, it was a third and 17 right at the goal line of the end zone, but – there were some balls where, you know, Odell had to turn around and adjust. And I think that's a veteran receiver. I am a little, I am worried about the deep passing game though. I am. You have to hit on those consistently if you want to keep a defense honest. And I think that as the year goes on and as we kind of end these final four weeks of the season, if Lamar can't hit on, you don't even have to hit on all of them, right? You don't have to hit on hundred percent of those throws, but you got to hit on more. He's overthrowing guys. He's underthrowing guys. He's turning the ball over off of those throws you got to get more consistent with those deep balls. And we saw, I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm sure I'll have them tomorrow, but Lamar is going to have to get better at that as the season has gone on here. John coming in saying I was dooming a little today. Got to admit. I mean, look, both teams played really poorly. I think they had great moments, both teams, both teams had great moments, but I thought it was a really poorly coached game by Sean McVay, really poorly coached game by John Harbaugh. And one came out on top. I'm really glad personally it wasn't a tie. I, I cannot stand ties. It just, it messes with everything and it just makes everything so much more difficult. And it's the perfect scenario because Baltimore doesn't tie and they don't lose. They win the game, which is awesome. Max saying number one seed enough said that should be the goal form. You want to have home field throughout the playoffs. We'll talk in the final part of the show. One about John Harbaugh and two about the rest of us, rust conversation and what's coming up as well. But there's a lot of different stuff. And I see I'm Stefan here saying, you notice the defense played somewhat uh, somewhat off without Kyle Hamilton. Hope this isn't a long-term injury. He'll be important going down the stretch. Definitely a different defense without Kyle Hamilton off there. Swiss Army knife. John Harbaugh ended up saying, you know, nothing at this point. We'll hear more tomorrow. 
but he's a huge part of what they do. Arguably outside of Roquan, you can argue between Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton. If you want to throw Matabike, Marlon Humphrey in that conversation, Hamilton's one of the most important players on that defense, hundred percent, right? There, there are multiple guys who could put up for that award. Him being lost for any amount of time, you hope it's not season ending, but at this point, two month injuries can be season ending, which is kind of scary where, you know, early in the year you had guys coming back, your September injury, come back in November, two months, December, you're coming back in February. So it's either a Super Bowl or the season's already done. So I'm a little nervous about Kyle Hamilton. Now he was able to come back in and play, but then clearly something wasn't right. So they rule him out, maybe precautionary, but saying him, John Harbaugh saying he's getting evaluated. So we'll see as well. And then to round out this segment, we'll say Regan, I think he wanted to give his defense more time to adjust. The play was already reviewed. So you knew there was a chance that he would convene and tell him it's a play he can challenge. I think talking about the, uh, yeah, Woodrow saying the challenge call. So actually, we'll, we'll move that into the final part of the show. Woodrow saying, what was up with the John Harbaugh challenge? I have an answer. John Harbaugh clarified it. So be sure to stay tuned. We still have a lot to talk about on this live edition of Locked on Ravens after just unbelievable, magical, whatever word you want to say. Ravens pick up a 37-31 to win over the Rams. First, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And Prize Picks, if you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun so many have had, up to 25 times the money this football season. All you have to do is like two or more players, pick more or less in the projected stats and place your entry. And with basketball season here, you cannot pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. That's the league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players in different sports or leagues. For example, if you're a big LeBron James fan, that's won the in-season tournament with the Lakers. You can pick him and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo with three pointers made plus receptions. If you want to play alongside some of the Prize Picks favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. You can now find the community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. Prize picks even offers a reboot policy. It's really cool. Your instance can stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits in the game in the first half, doesn't return in the second, that player is automatically rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code lockdown NFL for a first boss match up to hundred dollars. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL. Use code lockdown NFL for a first boss match up to hundred dollars. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. We're back rounding out locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still talking with you here on Sunday evening, coming at you live after the Ravens 37 to 31 magical walk-off win against the Los Angeles Rams. It's unreal. And it's, it's awesome. We get to talk about it live, right? We just started doing these live shows this year and it's been great to kind of get involved a little more in the chat. We, we do shows every Monday through Friday, but those are premieres and you can comment, talk along with some of the other viewers in there, but I don't get to have the ability to comment and kind of talk along with the viewers slash listeners. So it's awesome. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube if you want to check out those live reaction episodes right as they're happening. Or if you're, you miss them one week, you can check it out either the replay or in audio form. Those come out after the fact as well. We, we have the chat popping here. I do want to address what Woodrow had to say about the challenge and Regan had a explanation as well. And Regan is actually, I don't know if you saw John Harbaugh's answer. He actually acknowledged it and he said that he was honestly just trying to get more time for the two-point conversion, talk things over. I think he understood that he wasn't going to win that challenge, but it's a, he essentially used it as a timeout is what I'm gathering. So that's big. I mean, it's big for the Ravens because again, the play itself was not a good challenge, right? Everyone could see it was a pretty clear touchdown and everyone was saying, well, what, what are you challenging? There's, there's nothing to challenge here, but 
John Harbaugh clarified and maybe look, maybe he's saying what he thought. Maybe he really thought there was something to challenge. I don't know. Again, I don't think it was a good game from John Harbaugh clearly could have used timeouts at the end of that first half when he didn't. And it goes back to conversations we've been having about John Harbaugh, just how inconsistent he's been as a coach this season, but we can, we can say a couple of things about him. One, he, he, tends to pull out these close games for the most part. He's a guy that players rally around and seem to be motivated with. And three, in the regular season at least, the Ravens are good. The Ravens under John Harbaugh have been an exceptional regular season team when they're healthy. They're healthy right now. With the time, I'm not trying to jinx it, I promise. At the time of this recording, December 10th, right? right. What is it, 5.55 p.m. Eastern right now, the Ravens have been relatively healthy. We'll see with Kyle Hamilton. They lose J.K. and Mark Andrews for the season. David Ajabo, too, if you want to go that far. But – I think the the inconsistencies with John Harbaugh, he is still a good coach. I, I have been very consistent with that. But these wins compared to playoff wins don't matter. You got to perform in the playoffs. This Ravens team, one playoff win, I believe, is the stat in the past 10 seasons, which is just not acceptable. Maybe it's two. I can't exactly remember at the top of my head, but they haven't made the AFC Championship game since they won the Super Bowl in 2012-2013. It's been a bunch of wild card exits, divisional round exits, no playoffs so that has to change as well. Let, let's get into a couple of stats from the game, though. I didn't I didn't even really dive into it. I d- dove into a couple. Odell has four for 97 and a touchdown against his former team. Definitely meant a lot to him. Had that long 46-yarder. Had another one. Ten targets for both Odell and Zay Flowers. The more spread the ball out here. Now threw 43 times. The Ravens threw 43 compared to rushing 26. Isaiah Likely had seven. Big Isaiah Likely game did have the one drop, but five for 83 and a score from him was really awesome to see him get going. It's going to be so huge for them down the stretch with Mark Andrews being out. Nelson Aguilar was big big late, big late game for Nelson Aguilar. Five for 32, multiple first down conversions. Rashad Bateman, two for 24. Now he gave up on a, on a deep throw from Lamar. Not really sure what happened there. Did not look great from Rashad Bateman's perspective. I mean, maybe we'll get more clarification on that, but just saying there. Defensively, Roquan Smith had 10 tackles, was all over the field, actually prevented the key Rams first down just by kind of forum checking Kyron Williams. Justin Manabike adds another sack to his total. He is getting at least $15 million. Would not be surprised if it's $20 million, $25 million per season for him. Hamilton had seven tackles before going out, so he was all over the field making big plays. The Ravens, two sacks on the day. Travis Jones got one, and the Ravens actually now have more sacks this season than their entire 2022 total. 49 on the year for them now, 48 for them through the entire season last year. But it was a big game for the defense in the second half. I think, again, the offense kind of picked up the defense a little bit in that first half, although it wasn't consistent offensively there. But the second half, the defense came to play. And again, I just, the Rams missed multiple times to put this Ravens team away and the Ravens just kept clawing back, kept fighting back. And what's the whole thing? Ravens haven't really played from behind a lot this season. Well, Lamar leads a go ahead touchdown drive late. And that to me was really incredible. Now, some team stats that did stick out to me in this one. I think that the red zone defense for the Ravens for the most part was great. I mean, overall, you know, you look at that, the Rams went three of five, the Ravens went one of three. So both teams missing twice in the red zone. But when it mattered, you know, that first drive of the game, tone-setting possession for the Rams where if they go and they just run the ball down the Ravens' throat and they, they continue to run, they score a touchdown, we might be in for a long game there on the ground. You know, the Ravens' defense, how do they respond to that? But they clamped up, and again, I think very poor decision by Sean McVay to pass the ball three times there. But that, that was big. Penalty-wise, the Ravens survived double the yardage. The Rams, 5 for 34. The Ravens, 
seven for 79. The Rams held the ball for 34-35 compared to the Ravens, 27-43. Throw down, the Ravens weren't great. Four for 12, that's 33%. The Rams, six for 16, so they did, you know, a, a little better, I guess. Not totally great, but a little better. But the Ravens ended up with one less first down than the Rams as a whole. But overall, three more passing first downs, which I thought was key as well. And just kind of rounding out in the chat here, uh, Eli putting Lamar stats in here. Steve saying you would have a hard time giving anyone who was watching the Ravens for the first time they're a run first team. I mean, <laughs> this year they kind of have been a little bit like Lamar's stat lines. You see like the 14 for 19s, 15 for 18s. I mean, look. I mean, Steve's point here is, yeah, if this was the first Ravens game you were watching, Lamar was airing that ball. In the rain, this was a rain game. The rain games are hard. And Lamar goes and, and just absolutely, for the most part, you know, again, missed some of the deep throws, missed some throws here and there. But as well, he made some throws down the stretch that I thought were key, and that's what matters, right? You can miss on the deep balls. It's key, middle of the game misses. But the late game execution for Lamar I thought was really, really good in that, in that go-ahead touchdown drive as well. We got – J.R. Joe coming in, Junior Joe saying, big Kevin Ostriker, big guy. I know you're a big victory, big victory, big Kevin. I'm pumped. I'm pumped, man, 100%. Yeah, man, I'm pumped, Joe. And let's see. I think that, I yeah, another 10-win season for the Ravens, that's big as well. Eli's saying that uh, he'd be okay if the Ravens went 4-1 and one through the stretch, maybe 5-0. And maybe they dropped the Miami game. I don't I think they beat Jacksonville and they beat Pittsburgh. I just think it's a sandwich in there. That stretch with the 49ers and Dolphins is going to tell us a lot about this team 100 percent as well. Kobe saying Duvernay definitely not getting a second contract with us in 2024. It'll be competition with Mitchell Hill and Wallace for returning duties. Yeah, Duvernay has not been great this year. I think that again, his cap hit is pretty astronomical for you know the Pro Bowls, the All-Pros he's had as a returner. And look, he earned that. He was great for them for a couple years as a returner, but I just don't know what it is with him. He just hasn't been the same Devin Duvernay. His role's been reduced on offense with the guys coming in, obviously. Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, right? You're, you're going to have your role reduced in that situation. But you see Nelson Aguilar kind of take over that fourth wide receiver role from him, which I thought would be more of a competition. It really wasn't. Aguilar came into training camp, kind of pried that away from him. So – Maybe they, they're able to get Duvernay back. I think they still like him, but I don't think they like him as much, right? And Tyler, well, who knows what happens if Duvernay's out there on that return? Obviously not wishing injury on anybody, right? Hopefully Duvernay gets well soon. But I think that Wallace was the spark that they needed, and who knows if that game ends in a tie or not with the Ravens, and you know maybe they do fall to 9-4 and four or something like that. But Baltimore gets a huge win over the Los Angeles Rams, and again, momentum's huge in this one, and – We'll see with Kyle Hamilton. That's a big piece of news that we'll get tomorrow most likely as well. Kobe also rounding out the Devin DuVernay point, saying his main issue has always been stiff hips and makes him limited when coming out of breaks. His route running hasn't improved either. Yeah, DuVernay, was, so the thing with DuVernay is last year even, to Kobe's point, it was the contested catches, right? We saw DuVernay make multiple contested catches in the end zone and, you know, get guys are just all over him. He's making big catches against the Jets, right? Vikings had a big contested catch. That's kind of Duvernay's skill set, but I think the Ravens have kind of moved away from that a little bit. Odo Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, that's a heck of a route running trio. We've seen them be a heck of a route running trio. So I think, again, it's almost like identity shifts. The Ravens trading out Marcus Peters for Rocky Asin on defense. Their identity on defense is physical. Their physical defense, all their players are physical on the defensive side of the ball. Passing game, route running. 
I think route running is big as well because you have Odell and Zay and Rashad Bateman, as I just talked about. I think that that's the identity now of this passing offense, which is, hey, you know what? We want to get guys who can get separation, win one-on-ones, and put pressure on a defense that way. Lamar can throw up balls to those guys. Sure, they can. those guys still can catch contested balls, but it's more if they have a route running skill set, they also have the ability of a contested catch guy as well. So Baltimore, moving forward, they have that big Sunday night game against Jacksonville, then the Christmas Day game against the Christmas night against the 49ers. Then you got the it's a it's big because you got the Steelers there as well, but the Miami game sandwiched in between San Francisco and Pittsburgh. The Baltimore moved to 10 and 3 on the season, currently in the top spot for the AFC. And we'll see what Miami does on Monday night if they can reclaim that top spot or not. But Baltimore in the thick of the conversation. Tanda Wallace plays the hero for the Ravens in this game. So I have you here today though on this live edition of Locked On Ravens. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form. Also, subtext as well. We have uh, exclusive text conversations on there, more Ravens insider info on there as well. So that link's in the description below. We're coming up tomorrow with a Ravens episode. Of course, we do Locked on Ravens five days a week on the weekdays. We're talking Lamar Jackson and the MVP conversation, plus continuing to marvel at how the Ravens pulled this game off against the Rams. So be sure to stay tuned for all that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked on Ravens.